The Minding Your Business podcast is produced by a group of professionals and business owners that live and work north of Boston. We are all in different professions and get together weekly to share ideas and best practices that are helpful to us in our businesses and in our family and personal lives. We started the Minding Your Business podcast to share these ideas to a wider audience. Welcome to our podcast. This is your host, Amy LaMarche, and I'm here today with my co-host or my my special guest, Paul Seifert. He is an estate planning and probate attorney located in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Welcome, Paul. Hey, good morning, Amy. Thanks for having me today. Paul, to start out, can you just tell me a little bit about your background so the listeners get to know who you are, what you're about? Thank you. Uh, as you mentioned, I'm a, an attorney here. I'm in, in Wilmington. I'm in North Wilmington or over by the railroad tracks. It's, and being an attorney is my second uh, career. Uh, previously, I was a mechanical engineer uh, working over at Raytheon and um, went to, back to law school. And uh, and now I've been practicing law for over 25 years here in Wilmington uh, by uh, emphasis, my focus now is uh, estate planning and probate. So the engineering background tells me that you're very detail-oriented, and maybe you like to dig into the technicalities of the laws, very thorough, I hope. <laughs> maybe to a fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's important when you're dealing with, with legal issues. Um, but I, I asked you to come here today because um, a lot of us struggle with, you know, the, the whole idea of estate planning and what an estate plan is and who needs one. And, you know, I, I work at Salem Five Bank. I work with a lot of customers of all different ages. And they'll often say to me, well, I don't have an estate. Why do I need an estate plan? So I thought you could um, enlighten us all. Well, again, I say that I'm an estate planning attorney. And uh, as you mentioned, most people do not understand exactly what that means. Um, so what is an estate? An estate is, is, is everything that a person owns. Everyone has an estate. Everyone has personal property, may have a bank account, uh, a home, may have a retirement account. But it's everything that a person owns, that a person has, is an estate. So the, what is an estate planning? Estate planning would be uh, it's the process, it's the documents we, that you put in place to ensure that uh, your estate, your property goes to the persons whom you designate um, and when you want them to receive the property, whether it be uh, outright through the will or, or at a later point in time through a trust. Uh, it also has benefits of minimizing uh, taxes, income taxes or capital gains taxes or other types of taxes. And, uh, and most importantly, it also has provisions in there for planning for incapacity. Uh, um, or at a, or for times when people slow down their lives and they're unable to manage their own affairs. So I, I get this a lot. Again, um, the idea that, well, I'm too young to have an estate plan. I'm, you know, I'm in my maybe let's say early 30s, mid 40s. You know, I'm going to wait till I'm old to put a, a plan in place. Um, when should one create their estate plan? And can they do one which will stick 
till the end of their life, or how does that work? Well, to answer the first question, uh, everyone should have an, an estate plan. Everyone should have a will in place, uh, whether it be uh, 18 years old or 99 years old. It's um, There are many components to the will in which uh, it's beneficial uh, for everyone. Um, the uh, and part of the estate plan also is the other documents that go along with the will, whether it be the power of attorney, the health care proxy, uh, advanced directives. Um, as we all know, life happens. Uh, we can't we can't plan for when a catastrophic event is going to happen in the future, uh, if at all. Uh, but it's nice to have those documents in place in case something does happen. So, can you explain, like specifically, what is a will? So the will is a legal document. It uh, it has uh, very specific legal requirements in order to be effective. Uh, it uh, disposes of your the property that an individual owns. Uh, it disposes of the property that the person owns individually. Uh, it's such as a tangible property and all. It does not affect jointly owned property. A jointly owned property would go to the the other owner automatically upon death. Uh, it does not affect um, retirement accounts which have named beneficiaries or life insurance policies which have named beneficiaries. Uh, again, a will is is a legal document that comes into effect only after death. So during your lifetime, it has no effect at all and, and can be changed at any time. Can I, can I dial you back a little bit? Um, you're using terms that I'm that the, lay, the general layman might not be familiar with, disposing of your property. To me, that sounds like throwing away <laughs> junk. But in, in layman's terms, what does that mean exactly, and what type of property are we talking about? Again, the property is uh, any property that is owned by the individual, uh, individually owned. Um, Buildings? And, uh, it could be real estate. It could be a bank account. It could be uh, your furniture. It could be a... Um, uh, a stamp collection or coin collection. Gotcha. Uh, uh, it's uh, a brokerage account. Anything that's owned indiv- that's in your name, titled in your name individually. And by the word uh, disposed of, it means passing to the person that you choose to pass to, that uh-huh. you want to receive it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Amy, if I can also talk about a couple other importances of the will. Yes. Uh, the will... Uh, you know, for, for the younger clients that you had mentioned, people in their 20s or 30s, who uh, it, there are some uh, added benefits to it or very important benefits to a will. And that is if the uh, a couple has minor children, the will would name guardians, uh, somebody who would take care of the children if something happens to both of them, gotcha. or, uh, which is very, very important. Um, and also it names a individual who would... Uh, help administer the estate after uh, one's passing. So it has some, um, there's many benefits to the will itself. Mm-hmm. Now, I also have a lot of clients that are sole proprietors, let's say um, uh, a plumber, um, an independent attorney, um, CPA. Now, they're, they're oftentimes the sole breadwinner in their family with you know, a, a spouse and kids, so it seems to me like that would be critically important should they pass away um, 
that that will having that will in place and those directives would be really important. Well, business owners, uh, it's it's especially important to have at least a will in place. Uh, a, a an interest in a business is personal property, uh, and a lot of most times, a business owner has an idea of. A, uh, the succession of the of the business uh, um, as to who will take over the business after uh, the business owner is no longer able to. Um, most importantly, um, the law states that the uh, um, individuals can only run the business for four months after one's death unless there's a certain language in a will uh, that allows it to continue in operation. Uh, otherwise, you have to go to court and uh, and obtain permission to continue to run the business. Obviously, that's not the intent of most most business owners. Uh, it's um, it also provides for uh, who will own the business. Um, managing the business is one thing after one's death, but who will have that beneficial interest? Uh, sometimes the um, business owner may want uh, a. Uh, um, um, the management team to take over the ownership. Sometimes it may want it to go to the family. Um, there are many different scenarios, and we try to anticipate as many as we can. Okay, so that's where, you know, they don't necessarily have to have all the answers on the spot, but that's where a, a conversation with a good uh, estate attorney could help sort of flush those out. Absolutely. You know, and that's what we do. People have... Um, don't have the right questions to ask, and sometimes we can help to steer the questions in a, in a manner so that the uh, it would help to put together the plan. When we say estate planning, it's really putting the plan in place to accomplish what their goals are. I think a lot of people are intimidated by the whole idea of an estate plan and meeting with an attorney, but what I'm getting out of you is it's really a, a conversation to, again, try to pull out what somebody's ultimate plan is. And if they don't have a plan in their head as to who would take over the business if something should happen to them, maybe you help push them in the direction to decide what the best scenario would be. Um, But I did have another question. So we hear a lot about trusts as part of an estate plan or just trusts in general. When does a trust come into play? When is a trust important to have? There are many different types of trusts. There are trusts that uh, are built into the will uh, called the testamentary trust, which uh, allows for things to be uh, passed on to the the children at a later point in time. But most of the time when we hear about trust, we're talking about standalone trust, uh, whether it be a revocable trust or living trust, uh, or it could be an irrevocable trust. And... uh, Again, there are many benefits to these uh, these types of instruments or these documents. Um, by having these documents in place, it the document itself is a uh, it's a private instrument. If uh, upon death these documents don't go through the probate process, um, these documents are revocable. Uh, the revocable trust can be amended or changed at any time, depending on the change in circumstances throughout one's life. It uh, it provides for. Uh, uh, succession planning, you can do all that within the trust itself. Uh, to give an example of when a trust might be, uh, a revocable trust might be a good a good time to use as part of an estate plan, let's say that uh, husband and wife are on the second marriages for both of them, and they both have children from 
the prior marriages. If all the property is jointly owned in, uh, in a bank account or the home, and upon the first to die, let's say the husband dies first, when he dies, everything goes to the, his, his wife, his second wife. Now she owns everything 100%. Upon her death, she may be leaving everything to her children from the first marriage. Now what happened in that scenario? The children from the husband from the first marriage was completely left out of that whole estate plan. They didn't receive anything at all from, the, from their father when uh, he passed. So a trust would be able to take uh, into consideration those factors and, be, and allow for uh, the passing of the property in the manner that he would like it to, to pass. Aha, uh-huh. and if you don't put that trust in place, the law sort of has a sequence of passing a property that doesn't necessarily um, fulfill your wishes. And if you don't put them in paper, if you don't work with an attorney and put that plan in place, then your wishes might not be fulfilled. That's right. Jointly owned property automatically passes to the survivor upon operation of law. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Now, um, what are some critical pieces that you can think of, maybe cases that you deal with on a regular basis, or maybe a cautionary tale where somebody didn't have the plan in place and, you know, things did not work out? Let me discuss two different uh, uh, cases that I've had recently. Uh, one is a, um, an individual, uh, she and her husband decide that they really didn't want to see an attorney regarding creating a will, so they went online to download a will and do it themselves. Um, husband, in order to save money, probably. Uh, save money. Didn't think that attorney was, uh, was, was, was beneficial to what they wanted to accomplish. And husband recently passed, and through the probate process of the will, it, we, turn, we find out that the, uh, the wife did not execute the will properly. Uh, she was one of the witnesses to this will, one of the two witnesses, thereby completely voiding her interest in the property so that she can no longer be a beneficiary to the will. Um, by making that one little mistake, which uh, the attorney would have made sure it would not, not have happened. Um, so, again, scenario like that, for a few hundred dollars extra, it, uh, uh, seeing the attorney would have been very beneficial to the situation. Now it's going to cost several thousand dollars more for the probate process. So but, she actually, they downloaded the will from some website. They both, they put it in place. They both signed it, and she signed as a witness. And because she was a witness, she cannot be a beneficiary and receive the property that's supposed to go to her. That's correct. There is an exception to the rule, which is why we have to go through the probate process. However, that's going to be a very complicated situation now. Gotcha. So if they had, if they had spent the money up front working with an attorney, they would have saved several thousand down the line. Correct. Correct. Okay. L- let me give you a second scenario. Um, a couple other documents that are important as part of the state plan, uh, which, which documents to me I believe are more important or just as important as the will, uh, the power of attorney and the health care proxy. Um, most people have heard of these documents. Uh, power of attorneys are uh, allowing somebody else to step into your shoes to help with uh, legal and business matters when you are no longer able to do so on your behalf, um, whether it be you know, 
paying bills or um, uh, managing the uh, bank accounts and all. Uh, very important document. Um, most of us are going to slow down before we pass away. So it's going to be a time when somebody else is going to have to help us with those type of uh, legal and business matters. Uh, this, the other document, the second document that I mentioned is the health care proxy, which is an extremely important document. Uh, again, very important for, uh, for anyone, uh, 18 to 99, 18 to 120, uh, because it helps uh, it names somebody who can speak to the doctors or speak to the hospitals on our behalf if we are not able to do so, whether it be uh, for a surgery or, or something more catastrophic has happened. It allows a person to be able to speak to them. Uh, otherwise, under the uh, the HIPAA regulations, the doctors and hospitals really are not uh, able to speak to another person. So, if you have a uh, a student going to college uh, at 18, they are no their parents are no longer able to speak to the doctors on, on their behalf, um, if necessary. Uh, once they turned, um, once they're no longer a minor, uh, and without these documents in place, if something does happen, something catastrophic happens. Uh, the parents would have to go to court to become guardians of the child, and this could be a very, uh, very expensive, very time-consuming process. Uh, let me give you a quick example there. Uh, I have a client who, um, uh, con- construction worker, mid-30s, uh, working, going to a job with some other workers, and uh, uh, they were sitting on the back, standing on the back of the truck while driving to the job and hit a bump and he fell off the truck, landed on the ground and suffered serious brain damage. He was in a coma for many, for a long period of time. Because of this, because of not having these documents in place, not having a healthcare proxy in place and a power of attorney in place, very expensive, very, very expensive uh, uh, guardianship and conservatorship uh, proceeding had to be put in place. They've probably spent between fifty and hundred thousand dollars on this on these proceedings already to date, uh, just because these two simple documents were not uh, put in place for this individual. Paul, uh, you've you've brought to my attention the fact that I have a twenty-one year old and a twenty-five year old, and I'm going to set an appointment and be in your office to do the health care proxy. Uh, my daughter went off to the military; they made us do a health care proxy already, so we're all set with her. But I had never thought of that for my 21-year-old and 25-year-old. And uh, I'm glad I'm sitting here and learning this information. Now, um, I, I think we've covered a lot. I don't want to overdo it. Um, but were there any other things that you thought we should cover? Well, again, with proper planning, we can avoid or minimize the probate process. The, uh, just to mention the probate, it's not as scary as it once once was. Um, the new probate law that was put back in, in effect in 2012 uh, simplified the process quite a bit. So in the, you know, prior to that point, you know, wills and, and people's property would, would be held up for 18 months, 12 to 18 months before anything could be done. That process has been uh, you know, simplified quite a bit, so it's not as, uh, as onerous as it once was. Um, but it's still um, all wills have to go through the probate process. The probate is the court proceeding to allow the will to appoint the individuals. Uh, it, and it should be um, done by by individuals who are familiar with the process because there are a lot of uh, procedures that uh, the court has put in place. Paul, you were very helpful with me for my father's estate. 
Um, so it, it really put my mind at ease that I had a professional doing the steps that were required because obviously it's a very emotional time when you lose somebody. And um, if you're the personal representative on top of that, there's a whole bunch of documentation you have to complete, and it's a very complex process. So um, I can uh, testify to the fact that um, you really know what you're doing and you have a, a, a great demeanor at putting people at ease during tough times. So I thank you again for that. That was a really, really helpful. Thank you, Amy. Now, um, in in closing, what, what I had meant to mention up front is how we know each other. And um, we're both part of a group called BNI Strategic Partners in Wilmington, um, which is a great business group with all sorts of um, really strong professionals. And, um, you know, we always welcome visitors to our meetings. We meet at 7 a.m. on uh, Wednesday mornings at Trey Mezzo. Um, so if someone is looking to um, meet some great professionals in town, um, I'm going to ask them to, to call you, Paul. And, Paul, the other thing I wanted to put out there is if somebody had questions about estate planning and their particular case, how can they find you? Again, I've been in, in Wilmington since 1995. Uh, I'm located uh, on the, in North Wilmington, uh, right down across from Eli's Country Store, right the uh, tracks there. Uh, easy to find, and uh, the door is always, always open. Uh, what about your phone number and email address? Uh, phone number is 978-657-9955, and my email is paul at seifertlaw.com, and my last name is Seifert, spelled S-E-Y-F-F-E-R-T. Great. Now... This podcast is being recorded at WCTV in Wilmington, Massachusetts. Great facility. Um, the staff is so wonderful. So if anybody has something to say or share, please contact the staff at WCTV. And you can find this podcast. Oh, let me put on the background music. I think I can do this. All right, let's see. Music is... Uh, Okay. Ah, here we go. <laughs> so you can find the podcast, the Minding Your Business podcast, at the WCTV website or on Stitcher or SoundCloud. Have a great day, and thanks for listening. Thank you.